Hey there, welcome to the Club Club Podcast. My name is James Alvarado, the head idiot at the Hard I Do Cables offices. And today, we're talking about Burn Piano Island Burn by the Blood Brothers. The Blood Brothers. Burn Piano Island Burn. The Blood Brothers. Here with me to talk about it, as usual, is Hannah. Hey, everyone. Patrick. Hey, James. <laughs> and this being Zach's pick, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so uh, this is their third album. Came out in 2003 on Artist Direct, I think. I thought for some reason this was a, an Epitaph release, but I think they only re-released it. Seems like it should be. It says yeah, Epitaph it, on Spotify, but I guess the, if they did the re-release... I, I think, yeah, the Spotify release is a re, 2009 re-release with extra... It has Pink Tarantulas and like a live track on it. I don't know if you guys listen to Pink Tarantulas. You probably didn't because I told you not to, but also a good track. I was know? told not to. I did tell you not to. I, I actually slapped your hand when you tried to listen to it. <laughs> didn't even know that song existed, so we're good. Cool, because you have your own edited version of it. I mean, I just, you know... He just followed directions. Yeah. We'll <laughs> very, well, very well. <laughs> yeah. So this, they did this album with Ross Robinson produced it. He had like maybe like two years off of uh, relationship of command by at the drive-in. So I think he'd probably like fit in like an Olymp biscuit album or two in there in the meantime. <laughs> it's kind of weird that he is known for like some of the best like post hardcore albums, but also kind of like pioneered the new metal genre. It's a very interesting, like, yeah, Ross Robinson did a lot of corn. That name and sounds familiar. Limbisky, like, yeah. Maybe he did the chocolate starfish or something that I. I think he did do, do chocolate day. starfish. I think oh. I came across his name in a YouTube video about corn I was watching. That one we day. watched like a yeah. week ago. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like a month ago now. But yeah. So no need to be secret about this. Zach uh, screwed up and didn't record when we tried to do this episode. So this is our second time doing it. Nowhere in the first uh, first uh, go round did corn come up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the magic of spontaneous this? conversation. Yeah, he did the corn self titled, which you know, corn corn, great name. Um, actually, he did a, a crap ton of corn. Um, <laughs> Slipknot ton of corn. Yeah, it's crap ton of corn. It's like a it's like a drug. Slipknot self titled Sepultura. There you go, James. Oh yeah, three dollar bill y'all by one biscuit. Glassjaw, I think, yeah, Glassjaw, Relationship of Command, like a very good, um, like, one-two punch, Iowa by Slipknot. Glassjaw is one of those bands that I've always heard or seen mentioned on the internet or whatever. No idea what they sound like. Never listened really? to them. Same here. Except I like Except I know they're somewhat kind of like post-hardcore or something. They are. But I haven't listened to them. They're another band that, like, post-Glassjaw took, like, a weird 
trajectory of didn't a guy from that band start that like head automatica band or yeah whatever? that's that is their vocalist i believe i think that band had a song on one of the maddens that i had <laughs> i would not doubt that at all <laughs> so what is uh are we doing like our thoughts here we're we gonna i don't know do i do you want the the master's thesis on uh the seattle scene at this time or give us the undergraduate version the undergraduate version okay so this band's from seattle they're from Redmond, technically, I think. The Burbs. The Burbs. Yeah, the Seattle area. The most recent release by Corn on Spotify is a cover of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I bet it's probably really bad, though. <laughs> this seems like so unnecessary. Let's add that yeah. to tomorrow's listening. <laughs> yeah, we should. I'm serious. Anyway, Seattle scene. So anyways, yeah. Um, so this band started... Actually, a couple of the members went to a Murder City Devils concert, and that's kind of when they, they decided to start this band, which Murder City Devils is another local Seattle band. I, I think they weren't that big at the time. I do remember trying to find some Murder City Devils vinyl when I was up there, which is uh, apparently very hard to find. So, Any luck? Yeah, yeah, no luck. No luck finding Blood Brothers vinyl at all, too. Um if you look up, there's like the, there's a couple of subreddits that are dedicated to uh, like vinyl swaps and the, people are constantly looking for any, even like the reprints of their albums. Like, mm-hmm. imp- yeah, I think like 19, 1994 to 2005 or something. It's like this period where it's, it's very difficult to yeah. track stuff from them. Then de- mm-hmm. down. Yeah. Yeah. I saw like, like a $200 listing for one of their albums, which is wow crazy. So yeah, at, at that, at, kind of at that time, uh, they were all very young and like in multiple bands. Like Cody, before he was in the Blood Brothers, was in Waxwing with his brother Rocky. Um, Does Waxwing sound like this band or what? No, Waxwing is like very kind of like mellow indie rock. And actually, the drummer of the Blood Brothers, his brother played drums for Waxwing as well. His name is Rudy. And, and so like Rudy and... Uh, I think the bass player later went on to be Gatsby's American Dream. And then Rocky went solo and then Cody went to the Blood Brothers. Actually, I'm trying to think. I feel like every member of this band except for Morgan has a sibling in another Seattle band. Seattle area band. Like Jordan's sister Hannah is in the band The Chromatics. She was in The Gossip. And then they had like another side project called like Soiled Dubs. That was like another post-hardcore band that she played drums in. Um, who's in the fleet foxes fleet foxes is their bass player morgan oh. uh he wasn't listed on their last album the one that like just did he came um out. did he replace father john misty when no he left no. as a bass player they i don't think they was father john misty the bass player he was the drummer oh okay yeah he was, he was the, the bass player. i don't know if they overlapped but they might have because he he was in that band in like 20 11 or something like right after the blood of the split up i'd be curious um, about how like that band works to be a fly on the wall in their rehearsal Fleet space Foxes? Yeah. yeah dictatorship i love helplessness blues that album really really like it um but i can't help but feel like if i was a fly on the wall in their writing space or whatever it would just be insufferable to me <laughs> <laughs> i haven't listened to them in so long but those first that first like ep and then their first album beautiful Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And just like so of the era, you know, I need to go back and listen to that. <laughs> but yeah, so before he was in the Blood Brothers, their bass player was in Sharks Keep Moving with uh, Jake Snyder, 
was on vocals. He went on to start Minus the Bear with like members of Botch, another great Seattle band. I like that band. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully you've heard of them. And uh, Jay Clark from uh, Pretty Girls Make Grapes was in uh, Sharks Keep Moving. Um, I feel like that's a band that Zach uh, is always saying that name. Yes, but all I don't the know. time. Don't know Sharks what they are. Keep moving. <laughs> no, uh, no, no. Pretty girls make grapes. Oh, pretty girls yeah. make grapes. You never listened to them? Never. No. Man. Okay. Well, uh, it's like I've said before. Up. You know, there's this era or wave of post-hardcore that just uh, maybe I don't even know if that band's post-hardcore, but there's a lot of music like in that orbit atmosphere that I just uh, ignored for a large portion of my life. To reference an earlier episode. Pretty Girls Make Grapes is very Land of Talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's why so you're much talking, so. That's, that's why you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, because the, the pitchfork. pitchfork we we joked about. Oh yeah, it's like the first line of pitchfork. Yeah, that's right. So you guys yeah, might also like Zach's first line. We've yeah, come full circle. also my first line. <laughs> that's right. Circle takes a square. Uh, <laughs> and then members of Sharks Keep Moving were also in. Uh, I guess Kills, I'm, I'm just Sadie, assuming that these bands which you didn't listen to. The, I'm just assuming that these bands you're listing that I don't know. Yeah. Are like scene bands from the they're mid 2000s that girls. I just liked. Pretty they're Girls Make Graves definitely sounds like a scene band. So I'm surprised yeah. here they're not. They're definitely not. And then I'm surprised that you haven't listened to These Arms Are Snakes, James. Yeah, I don't know why I've been putting off listening to them for so long. Because they because, are kind of in the circles of stuff that I get into. Like Pelican is yeah. in, their, in their orbit. Russian circles as well and stuff like that. Sweet Cobra. Because, yeah, they're another like botch... Uh, Mm-hmm. After after they broke up, like side band. I think members of Sweet Cobra were in these arms of snakes. Maybe really these arms are snakes. Maybe who's, I, I, who's, I could be wrong. Who's in Sweet Cobra? I mean, I don't really know who's in it, but they're one of my favorite <laughs> bands. <laughs> we asked for the undergraduate version of this thesis, and it's still going on too long. Yeah. Ask Hannah what she felt about the album. Okay, so yeah, I, <laughs> I did not love this album. Um, I just like couldn't really get past the vocal style um i just didn't like it um i kind of wanted to like it but it just was too grating um having said that i thought some of the instrumentation was cool um i kind of at times like wanted it to be like heavier um but you know there were some cool parts um but the lyrics to me were kind of like the worst part of the album and i had some issues with them yeah i i kind of figured that you might yeah. Like I just like on a re-listen, I, I felt like this is not yeah. for Hannah. Yeah, and like but I feel like it just didn't. When you say not for Hannah, do you do you mean like for women in general or I, I I'm not gonna talk about women in general, I'll just talk about Hannah. Because <laughs> I know Hannah and not every single woman. Yeah. Uh but what so what about the vocal style did you not like? Because I thought I, it was really annoying. Okay. It's definitely an acquired taste. Yeah. And yeah. If I listened to it enough, I would maybe like start to like it more just from maybe. like, you know familiarity maybe not um but yeah i just thought it was annoying and like you know there would be like a cool part of the song and then like when the vocals would come in it would like just about ruin it in a way i agree gotcha i agree um but yeah so i i I, uh wanted to ask about one thing you said though so when you said like you you wish some parts were heavier like do you think from a vocal standpoint or instrumental I think from, I mean, from a vocal standpoint, mostly, but I mean, instrumentally, maybe too. But I actually did like, you know, kind of the like, how some parts would be heavy. And then like, there was a lot of like, back and forth, which Mm -hmm. I remember you saying that you liked that about Circle Takes the Square, Zach. So then like, 
it didn't surprise me, you know, that like this band did that too, and that you like this band. So, so yeah, they have I this. That was cool. They do this like scream, and mm-hmm. I think it's both of them harmonizing on a mm-hmm. scream sometimes. And I always felt like, oh, that sounds cool. I wish they would have just done that for a bunch of other parts. Instead of opting for the nasally guy. They do that a lot mm-hmm. in the next album, Crimes. Um, and so I, I, I had a very hard time like narrowing down which album I really wanted to pick. Yeah. Because this is, I just went like the very middle of their, you know, five album discography. It's a risky move. It is. And, Mm -hmm. uh, but this is like the most, I guess, critically acclaimed of their albums too. Like if we want to talk. It seemed that way. It seems like it's a, uh, it's a nine out of 10 in Pitchfork. Yeah. Seminal post-hardcore album. Yeah. But like they get popular. Pitchfork reviewed this. They did. uh, Gave it a nine. They did. And you have to go. Are you reconsidering your opinion now? You have to go on an archived version of Pitchwork to find their, their review, though, <laughs> oh. because I guess they when they redesigned their site, they took down a bunch of early reviews. Yeah, that makes space. Surprising. Yeah. And they they're, the next two albums that I love more than this album, they gave like, you know, like a three or a four. So, <laughs> but yeah, them's the breaks, you know? Yeah. In a previous conversation, Zach, you said something about like how this band, you know, kind of combines some of the like screamo and like more poppy stuff. Um, yeah. Which I, yeah, like I guess on paper, like that sounds cool to me, but I guess I didn't really like the way that that was actually implemented. I don't know if gotcha. like any other bands, I mean, I think that that is a pretty unique idea. So I don't know if there's any other bands out there. I don't know that, that it's necessarily a unique idea because I think the whole scene emo. Uh, mega movement was built on that idea gotcha um sure like and you know how the, there's the whole thing with uh fallout boy like lifting mm-hmm. lyrics from uh american nightmare and stuff um, i didn't know they did that this is how out of touch i am with that stuff <laughs> very proud of it so what what they they stole they plagiarized that's, uh, that's a few lines or something i think i think there was a lawsuit wow but, um they were definitely okay. like influenced by that band gotcha Okay, so maybe it's not. I guess I'd never just like thought of it in that way. Or I mean, I'm not really that familiar with scene bands in general. I guess, but yeah, but I you know I wouldn't put like this band and Fallout Boy in the same category. But I know some people. Would. I feel like Fallout Boys. If if you continue along the pop trajectory from where they are, you'll get to Fallout Boy eventually. Sure, sure. So, so we haven't gotten to hear your thoughts yet, Pat. But you guys have all mentioned like the pop aspect to this album. I didn't really pick up on that until well, maybe like the songs had like choruses. Well, yeah. Like maybe my last few listens, I'm like, oh, okay, this part sounds like it would be catchy if mm-hmm. that one dude's voice wasn't there. But <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Fair enough. Go ahead, Pat. How did, how did you, what did you think of it? Uh, basically the same as Hannah. Uh, when I, the first time I heard the album, I thought, uh, oh man, this is pretty catchy. I like these instrumentals. But the more time I spent like looking at the lyrics and stuff, I kind of started to like it less. Um, the, the vocal style doesn't actually bother me. I, I'm pretty much fine with it. Although I think the Do you lyrics, like it or? I don't necessarily like it, but I think the lyrics combined with that delivery is part of what bothers me at times because it's just like the whole vibe or attitude conveyed. I think that's what I love about it though. And I don't know why. Well, so what, what, is, what, what do you love about it? What, what sort of vibe do you get from it? If you had to try to describe it? So, well, first of all, picture eighth grade me. Mm-hmm. Just like a a little edge lord, yeah. Um, Were you an edge lord? 
Hell yeah, I was. I mean, you're kind of an edgelord again right now with your Facebook I, posts, from what I hear. Yeah, do. well, <laughs> hold on. I've been, I might have been told to tone it down a little bit. Oh, did, uh, did Jessica tell you? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I... Hold on. Let me, so is uh, it let me, nostalgic for you? Is it nostalgic for you? And do you think that that's mo- like so, a big part of why you like it or no? Well, this album actually is the least nostalgic out of all their albums. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough. Um, because when I got into this band, I got into the album after this, which is Crimes. Okay. Uh, that's like a, a very like super nostalgic album. Um, this one, I only had like a couple of tracks that I'd gotten off of like a LimeWire. So it wasn't until like a few years after I graduated high school that I got to listen to this entire, this album in its entirety, I guess. Mm -hmm. But Crimes and like Young Machetes are very, very near and dear to my heart. But those, those are weird because like Crime starts getting into like a, like they get more experimental. There's more like organ. Um, They, they play like, like Morgan, their bass player is credited with like 15 different instruments on that album. And then Young Machetes is like a guy from Fugazi actually produced that, which I feel like he actually brings out Johnny Whitney's best vocal performances he's ever done. So maybe check that out if you hate his voice. And if you still hate it, that's the best it ever gets. (laughs) Uh, But Young Machetes is where the band, and it's like 15 tracks, which is insane. But that's where you realize like this band is going in two separate directions and it's not going to last. And that's kind of their breakup. Like Mm. there's entire songs that are just one vocalist like Jordan or Johnny. Um, and then it like alternates, like this is super poppy and like, like synth heavy. And like this next song is like very heavy and, um, like harkens back to the earlier stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so to answer Patrick's question, I was just about to say to not answer Patrick's questions at all and go in a different direction. Uh, I'm just gerrymandering here. What do you like about this band? What do I like? So this band was like, they were an early introduction into this kind of music for me. And it was like the first time I realized like this could be catchy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily just with the, like, maybe cor- you would like, like courses. bands. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like maybe you would like, like that genre more than you think you would. Yeah. I, and I feel like, like even listening to this band, I, I it made me like feel I mean, like don't way you like, cooler you than like, seeing bands like though. Under Oath and stuff like that too. I do. See, I, I lumped that same band into in that band into that stuff too. Although I, I, I know a lot of people say they're not really they're on a yeah, different I, ballpark, but to me, for sure, that's where they're at. Like mid two thousands, me was just like if it wasn't like rock and heavy metal or whatever, it was like it's all emo music, you know. So. Sure. But yeah, I feel like those are two separate directions in this whole scene, scene, the scene of scene, you know? Okay. Um, Patrick, you really like Under Earth, right? Yeah, I love Under Earth. Big fan. I think they're a lot different than this band in terms of the vibe they give off. I've never listened to Although there's some similarities if you. Yeah, I definitely had um, They're Only Chasing Safety and Crimes at the same time. So to like, to add a point into like James's. This is a scene band column. This shirt is from Hot Topic that I'm wearing. Yeah, and I was, I've been trying to avoid <laughs> saying Hot Topic this this whole yeah. episode. All two of them. My my problem with a lot of these bands is it's always like, and and I I don't think that this is like maybe I should say it used to be my problem because I'm I'm much more open to giving these bands a shot now than I sure. used to be. But my impression of them was always just like, it's this it's like a look and a fad, 
you know, a vibe or whatever, more so than it is just like music and kids liking good music or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I realize now like that's a really lame uh, generalization to make about it all, but it's an impression that I have about it. And so I always kind of looked at those bands as sort of like on a lower tier or whatever. And then every time I get into them, I feel like, well, maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy or whatever, but I have that impression. And and this band I felt like was sort of teetering on the edge. I'm just going to go ahead and give you all my thoughts on the album now. I, I felt like they sort of, I don't, I don't get the impression that they're like, like that, like on Warped Tour every year or whatever. But uh, I think they have elements of that where there's like, and hear it a little bit. And, and I think most of that maybe comes from that dude's voice. And y'all talked about the vocal style earlier. It's not a vocal style like that I dislike or is a deal breaker for me all the time. A lot of times I'm, I can tolerate it. It's not one of my favorites for sure, but like I can tolerate it and get into the music and find whatever. But for some reason, you know, this band has two singers, one dude who screams and does a lot of the spoken word parts or whatever. And then there's another dude who screams or, or shrieks but also mm-hmm. yeah that is that is johnny whitney also it does like the singing parts and stuff and it's just awful to me i i can't like i kept thinking like why am i not getting into this and it's just like i just gotta usually it's like the vocals don't make that much of a difference to me but this time on this album, it's like, that's what's keeping me from liking or wanting to revisit this album. Mm-hmm. Sad. Is that one dude's vocals. It's like, <laughs> there's songs where I'm like really liking the song and then he pops up and like starts doing his thing. And I'm like, well, why are you doing that? Just stop. And, Hearing uh, you describe this is really funny for some reason. <laughs> I, I wanted to say like, there's parts of the song where he's like supposed to be singing and it's just <laughs> not, he's not hitting the notes or something. Says who? <laughs> It comes across as if he's trying to carry a melody. And I am like the last person who cares about that type of thing. Mm-hmm. But it just bothers me on this for some reason. And then there's even times where it's like he's he's trying to do like some quasi-spoken word part or whatever. And I can't understand what he's saying. He's just supposed to be speaking like a normal person. Mm-hmm. Like... normal it's a weird stylistic choice and whatever for whatever reason it's like keeps me from liking this album more instrumentally like i'm really into it i love the way the guitar sound i like the way the drums sound i found myself liking a bunch of the riffs on almost every song like Mm -hmm. Thinking like, man, I, I wish I could write stuff like this as easily as they seem to be writing it. Yeah. I think he has a he has a very unique guitar sound. Like, I feel like I could pick out his guitar sound. Because he's one of my favorite guitar players anyways. Like, the way that he writes and just his tone, like, it just feels very unique to me. Have any of y'all ever listened to the band McCluskey? No. 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 They, they remind me of McCluskey a little bit. It's another post-hardcore band. And, um... Do they have a, a vocalist that you hate, or...? No, I like that guy's voice. <laughs> I mean, I don't think like, like post-hardcore is one of my favorite genres and it is not known for its like great vocalists, right? Or like, right. I mean, maybe it is, but <laughs> you know what I mean? None of them are have like, they're not going to be on American Idol. Right. They're not going to sing their house. They're not going to be a four, four chair turn on the voice or whatever. But uh, for whatever reason, it, it beca- it's became a deal breaker for me on this mm-hmm. album. And I didn't get into lyrics. Like I, I listened to it a lot. Yeah. 
I got a lot of mileage on it, as much mileage as can in a week anyway. And I wish I had more time with it, but I did not get into the lyrics. And You and can still listen to it. Towards the end, I found myself like starting to think like maybe I don't mind his his voice that much. But then I was like, yeah, no, that that's that's the way to do it, dude. I'm not gonna let myself have Stockholm syndrome. Embrace it. Yeah. I don't like it, you know, because I you love it. <laughs> you love it, actually. Part of me <laughs> always like tries to remember like what was the visceral feeling or whatever that made me get into this band in the first place with mm-hmm. some bands, right? Or why did I think that this this band sounded like this part of this band sounded bad at first, but now I like love the way it sounds, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I want to, I always wish I could like keep that perspective and revisit it fully. And you, you never really can sure. once you've listened to a band a certain amount of times, you know, like Pantera is one of my favorite bands back then. It was like my favorite band. It was the reason I started playing guitar and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I mean, I don't know if I could say they're one of my favorite bands now, but anyway, I was a kid back then. And, uh, when I first heard him, I just thought like the guitars sound like out of tune or it just sounds, it doesn't sound right. At least not the way Metallica did or mm-hmm. something like that. And you couldn't really pinpoint it. But then two months later, and it's like all I'm listening to are Pantera CDs and it doesn't sound, it sounds awesome to me, right? I love it and forget about whatever I thought initially it's, it's gone, right? So I, I always think that I'm kind of digressing here, but I always think that's an interesting thing how you can kind of... Uh, mm-hmm learn to love some of these things that initially maybe put you off from the sound, but I'm not going to so, do it with this band. Would you, <laughs> would you like this band if it was just Jordan on vocals and there was no Johnny? I think so. I want to say, I think so, but I think he kind of does some of the vocal stylings that I don't really like either, but it's just not as annoying. So I, like he does context, more of like, more of like the spoken word, like, yeah. yeah. And a lot of times when bands do spoken word on songs, I don't like it when this band does do it. I didn't mind it when it was him doing it. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mind some of those parts quite as much either. Um, Zach, what are your favorite tracks? Uh, it's it's pretty split between Cecilia and Denver Max. Yeah. Um, Denver Max, especially with that bass breakdown. Yeah, we need uh, it. Uh, the bass player is really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very good. Like, he's one of my favorite bass players. I don't I don't know if I mentioned this, but like, like this is like a very unique bass sound for them. Um, okay. Because, and I think it's just because of like this is Ross Robinson. Like, I even feel the same way with like Relationship of Command is the album that made me get into bass playing, and like especially the sound that like of like Paul's bass. Um, on that album, like it, it like really stands out, and so the the bass on this album is one of my ideal bass sounds or like bass tone sounds, you know. But yeah, the way that Morgan writes, it's cool. Like he's uh, he fills a lot of space, especially mm-hmm. with like the weird way that that Cody writes guitars you know but that bass breakdown in denver max where he's like just playing that that riff and then like scraping his pick (laughs) 
all the fretboard. All the instruments parts sound like they'd be a lot of fun to play. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I was actually going to play that bass riff because I thought my bass was right here. <laughs> I was going to say, I know Very most cool. of this album on bass, which is really funny. Yeah, I learned it like in high school because I, I had literally nothing else to do. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, so Cecilia instrument yeah. wise was probably my favorite I um, track. I thought that one was really cool. <laughs> Yeah, the drums just like are banging in that song. The synth mm-hmm. effect in the beginning of it or whatever. I assume it's synth, keys, whatever, organ. Yeah, it's it's organ. One of my favorite parts of the album. Right. And then I also mm-hmm. like they do it they do it at the beginning of every something's a bomb or something like that. Breath is Every a bomb. Breath Every is breath a bomb. is a bomb. It's a little Dude. bit in there too. I thought it's a cool sound. Yeah, there's a couple of tracks that that start with just like weird dissonant guitar riffs, and then like the song actually starts, which I I really enjoy for some reason. Yeah, like they're like riffs unrelated to the song, but he's just like mm-hmm. like every breath is a bomb. I think does that too, and then just like, like uh, Zeppelins, the like the second to last track. like weird at a time riff that he's just playing mm-hmm. like that's that's one of my favorite bass uh performances on the album um yeah instrument wise my other favorite track was probably burn piano island burn um i thought the, i like, like that clean guitar at the end was cool yeah it's a good yeah a good guitar riff on that song but for some reason, it maybe it's just because I've listened to this for years. Like the uh, them just singing "Burn Piano Island Burn" just kind of grates on me after so long. You know, <laughs> <laughs> they say it a lot. Yeah, they they say it a lot in that album. Yeah, there's no way we're cutting that out of this album or this. this that was my impression of the good singer. <laughs> so hey, uh, throw the guy a bone real quick. I did sure. think like his best performance was doing the whoa 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 part in the six pinball thing. Yeah. I love that part. I, I enjoy that little section. That gets me going, dude. And it is something that the annoying guy is doing on that song. So the annoying guy. <laughs> I did actually. My first thing I wrote down for this album was which brother has the annoying voice. <laughs> but they're not brothers, are they? No. No, they're okay. not brothers. But you did say they all are a brother of someone else in the Seattle <laughs> music. Exactly. Scene. It's a very incestual scene in the Seattle. So in I think that might it, be yeah, exactly. where it came from. Um, but yeah, so, but even like these songs that like we're saying we like, like I just feel like the lyrics made it where like it just ruined the song for me basically. Man, I wish I would have read the lyrics. You don't. Let's let's cancel some people, Hannah. Who's on the chopping block? Well, I mean, so like you are, James. <laughs> probably. No, I mean, and like, and it's not even like in a canceling way necessarily, but like, just like the salesman Denver Max one. I mean, that one is like 
you know, about like a predatory person. And, you know, it is the song's just like telling it from their perspective. You know, it's not like endorsing it per se, but it's also like not not endorsing it. Yeah. By the way you smell, I can tell that you're fifteen. I feel like even just like I have an issue with a song like that because it even just like writing about it in that way is like still kind of like romanticizing it or just like normalizing it in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's impossible to like, you know, create art about like a messed up person, but Mm -hmm. I don't think this was a particularly successful attempt at doing it in an artful way. So what what happens to him in the song? Does he like get away with it or does it just happen? And it's just like a commentary on like, I mean, it's not really happening. It's just like him in his head thinking about like kind of saying things to, to a 15 year old uh, girl. Yeah. So like if he was to have some comeuppance in the song, would that make it more tolerable? Or y'all just see like, nah, probably not. Not, I don't think necessarily. No. I mean, I just like, I don't know. I just don't really enjoy a song that's like about that in the first place. Right. And then, you know, and then not to say that like it couldn't have some artistic value, like Patrick was saying. I mean, like Lolita, you know, has like mm-hmm. artistic value, but like this is not Lolita. Um, we got to talk about some of these other lyrics too on this, just throughout the album. I feel like. Okay, well, for the Six lyrics, Nightmares one, I just wrote French Maid, of course. We're the French Maid! Like they just <laughs> well, so again, throughout the whole, like they like, have hangups like, or just like just an really unhealthy like obsession that. with like sex. Yeah. Um. Okay. Throughout all the lyrics, I don't necessarily have specific instances. I didn't write down every too many specific instances, but like a lot of the songs seem to be talking about sex in like a I don't know. It's like semi self-destructive behaviors related to sex in sort of like a. Well, the every breath is a bomb. Can you inject love's under, love's tender touch back into the gangbang? Can you need love's tender touch back into the gangbang? Can you knit the stiletto yeah, back into the blood stain? And then every crotch is a Siamese gun. Mm-hmm. I don't really <laughs> know what that reference. means. That's a reference... It's a reference to the previous album gotcha. and the song Siamese Gun. Gotcha. They used Siamese somewhere else too. Man, oh, I think lore. like at the beginning of this of Cecilia. There's some lore we don't know here. Yeah. <laughs> there, yeah, there is. It's kind of like there's, there's two, lore, but it's like I like don't care what any of it is. <laughs> you know, it's like different from like okay, Circle takes a square, where it's like oh, these are like intriguing and like. Hmm. Like, to me, it's just, like, I literally don't give a fuck about what, like, any of these lyrics are saying. This is awesome. Sorry, guys. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite episode with Hannah. (laughs) There's, like, the ambulance versus ambulance one. I think it's uh, talking about... Oh, yeah. I didn't write anything down from that one. I thought Uh, I was curious that they chose that for a single. Like, that that, that song has a music video. Yeah, I thought so, too. Not one of the stronger songs to me. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that song too much, either. Uh, It's the shortest song other than Guitar Me, I believe. So and I think that might, be, might have been the idea behind it. Mm. But There's that song line. is about like, it's about like uh, being like close to death and like, you know, be that's when you're truly alive kind of concept, you know? Okay. But it's also got these lines about like, uh, 
you'll never see your wife and children again, so tell us what was going through your head when you looked into their eyes and said, no thanks, I'll take the hooker instead. It's like, that's just cringeworthy to me. Like, <laughs> it's like trying to be like, oh, this is such a tortured soul or like... But it's just like, it's just like this is my, I hate this person, I don't care anything about them. It's just <laughs> cliche to me or just like, I don't know. I just don't, it's just like trying too hard to be like, oh, this guy, like, got a hooker instead of caring about his family like i don't know <laughs> said in a whispered <Yeah>. tone <laughs> i don't know that's what those sorts of things bother me or just don't i don't like vibe with them for some reason they don't resonate with me so this um there it's a kind of an interesting point for them lyrically because like their next two albums are actually just like all about the iraq war and like they get political and that's kind of about it. So it's really, this is kind of like a weird point in their career, but um, Mm. I would kind of lump their first three albums together as like one spot. And then like the last two is like a different kind of, they're kind of like bisected, you know, Mm -hmm. you think they're Um, more mature or just like talking about something different. uh, Maybe, maybe just talking about something Mm -hmm. different. Um, that makes me feel a little like uh, I don't know what the word is um, apprehensive about checking out their other two albums because like hmm. such a bold move to, to to rail against the Iraq war in the mid 2000s you know like a lot of bands were doing that the sure. topic that yeah. was gone over quite a bit so <laughs> I don't know I mean, it was it was literally what was going on at the time. Yeah, so. I know. I'm just saying. Like, I, I see what you're saying, though, James. Yeah. <laughs> Do I really like, like want to yeah. know what their opinion on it was or whatever? Right. It's yeah. like it's obvious already what their opinion was, and did they do they have an original take? Dude, maybe not. Pro war. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like yes, bands. You know, speaking out on social issues. It's like. No, I'm not or, one of those people who's writing like, about them. It's like you're right. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I think it's good. Yeah, I don't either. I don't either. At the same I'm not time, one of those guys who'd like, be like. You're a football player. You should only play football. You can have an opinion. You know, I'm not like one of those people at all. But also that, yeah, like certain issues, like people will just like kind of glom onto and whatever the issue of the day is. And, you know, it can sort of feel like a low hanging fruit or something. Yeah, that's it. That's a good way to describe it. I would say still check them out. Okay. Because I, I love all their albums. I so. will for you, Zach. Is that going to be your next pick, Zach? Just another one of their yeah. albums. <laughs> I'm just going to make you listen to literally everything. That's punishment. Um, to go back to Piano Island, though. Um, yeah, what was the deal with that? So I was their, curious. Their, for, their first album, uh, they have... I don't know if they were just doing this for fun, uh, but they there is kind of like an overarching random story. Uh, and they talk about like being on the arc of the blood brothers and journeying to piano Island. Uh, and that's supposed to be like this destination of like tranquility and like piano Island is just like this serene Island where, you know, the nuclear family exists and there's always like very pretty piano music but under the surface all the time. The ugly yeah. truth. Uh, rears the no, they, they oh. don't. It's just perfect. It's just a metropolis. Okay. Metropolis. Is that the utopia. No. utopia? Utopia. That's the word I was trying to think of. And uh, I guess burn PO Island or burn is kind of the, the idea of rejecting that, I guess, you know. Rejecting like the perfect pretty picture. Hot take, you know. To me, 
the vibe that I, I I don't know anything about Piano Island, their recent albums, whatever they mean by that concept, but the vibe that I get from the album is more not we're rejecting the idea of Piano Island, but more like we're reveling in the short-term enjoyment of self-destructive behavior. Um, Could be. Hedonism? Sort of, yeah. Or not even hedonism necessarily, but like, you know, it's like, this is sort of a bunk concept because everything Freud wrote about was just completely made up but like he had that idea about the death instinct where like there's a certain thing in your like your human instinct that like drives towards death where like you want to die or something and it's sort of like you i don't know you just like enjoy there's a certain like twisted enjoyment that comes from doing something that you know is like bad or wrong Mm -hmm. or just like Mm -hmm. not the right thing to do or not the good thing to do um and that's sort of the vibe I get from this album a little bit. I could, could sort of see that, yeah. What, what the lyrics y'all are saying, and then just the, the sound of it kind of like falls in line with that. I, mm-hmm. I kind of liked the, inst- like, I don't have a good example of like when this happened, but I just feel like anytime that the instruments were like got more chaotic. <laughs> Like I mm-hmm. always liked that and like mm-hmm. I wanted mm-hmm. them to like I mean they did it a lot, so I it's not really fair to say I wanted them to do it more, but I liked all the times that they did that. Yeah, and I, I think their their drummer, like I don't know, I just I feel like he doesn't get enough uh acknowledgement for his contributions in this band. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel like the way that he plays um is kind of like one of my favorite styles of drumming, I guess. And I don't know how to really describe it, but it's just so frantic. Yeah. But it's not. Frantic's a good way to so say like, it. I thought the drum performances were good on this album. I enjoyed yeah. it. And I so, enjoyed the, the the instrumental side of the album a lot. Like I mm, thought it was really, yeah. really good. Yeah. Um, but like, so like Circle Takes a Square is more of like a metal style of doing this kind of same thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And this feels very like punk influenced. And I, I, maybe some of it is like the way that it's mixed too, like because Ross Robinson just like makes a good drum sound. You know, you've you've all heard corn, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just want to keep saying that I love the drums so much. That's- <laughs> the rhythm section strong rhythm section Mm -hmm. yeah did you ever get to see this band live no i and i I will forever did you like get a chance to and you just didn't make it happen or or it was like never even a chance they had a tour that was coed and cambria the blood brothers dredge and me without you Mm -hmm. that sounds right Um, i love all four of those (laughs) bands so much and you didn't go and I did not go. This was in, yeah, 2005. So instead, they announced a different uh, Coed and Cambria tour mm-hmm. with a Vin Sevenfold that I went to instead. And I was an idiot and went to that. So you have seen them? No, I, went, oh, no, I saw Coed and Cambria without the Blood yeah, Brothers. Yeah, gotcha. And yeah, that was a terrible decision. I really wish I would have gone to see me without you, Coed and Cambria, Dredge, mm-hmm. and the Blood Brothers. Yeah. Oh, man. 
Um, Patrick, could you describe the album art for us? Oh man, we almost forgot. Get a pale yellow background. Um, and on the left side, there's sort of a, it's a woman taken from like some sort of painting from, I don't know, this Victorian 1700s. Yeah, Victorian era or something, whenever that was. Um, and But over her eyes is like a white bar where it says the blood brothers in like a script kind of like scrawled cursive writing this woman also has like superimposed lobster claws instead of her hands it also says like across from it on the other side burn piano island burn with an ellipsis before it and down in the bottom got some buildings that are drawn simply with just like a pen or something and some superimposed palm trees it kind of has like an la vibe to it and on the version I'm looking at, there's a parental advisory sticker wow. as well in the bottom left. Mm-hmm. So, Those, uh, I will say go ahead. Uh, that reminds me that there's like a like a leading ellipses yeah. in mm-hmm. the album title, technically, which I used to sort my iTunes <laughs> like, exactly. by, by album. So this used to be the first That's album what, I saw. Exactly what I was going to say. There's a ellipsed album title, titles forever living at the top of album uh, or mm-hmm. music libraries. And Justice for All, it's always up there. Uh, yeah, yeah. That Sugar Ray album, or like albums with numbers, that Sugar Ray 1459 or whatever, the one that had like some of their mm-hmm. hits on it. It's, it's always been at the top of my library. I don't right. know if I still have it in there now, but... I was smart on didn't their Didn't know part. you were that big of a Sugar um, Ray fan. One sentence summaries, people. Very hooky instrumentals that I liked a lot, but can't get past some of the lyrics. The vibe was off. Hannah. Mine is going to be very similar. Um, yeah, just cool instrumentation, not a fan of the vocals and then the lyrics basically made it where I probably won't revisit this band. Um, I really like the instrumentation, but that one dude's voice is just, it's going to be the reason I don't revisit this album very often, if at all. And uh, I feel like it has all the ingredients for something I would really, really liked, but usually vocals don't interfere with my enjoyment of a band that much, but this time they did. Mm-hmm. I've got two sentences. Two sentences. My first sentence, I'm going to stop picking albums. No. My second, not, not, not uh, Pitchfork was right, 9 out of 10. <laughs> and we're wrong. <laughs> this is the only time I've agreed with Pitchfork. Ah. Yeah. Zach, I feel like a lot of the albums you've picked, I, I have this impression of like bands who are part of this sort of like fatty type of scene that I'm, I'm mm-hmm. not into. It's just like I'm trying to list, make like broaden your horizons, and you're just you're maybe, rejecting. Maybe that's what it is. I could be me. Like I'm just a judgmental <laughs> jerk, and I'm not open to this stuff. That's fine. But uh, <laughs> what do we get to listen to next, James? Yeah. So I feel bad for you and Patrick Hanna because I feel like you guys have some thoughtful choices, and you really consider like the the health of the podcast and like the co- quality of the conversation we're going to have. And then you have like Zach and I who just pick selfish um, choices that are just based on albums. <laughs> yeah, we love. I was about to say. I'm glad you ruled me out of that. <laughs> and I don't really feel like Zach's choices have been that selfish. I guess they are really just not. albums that he loves, but I don't know. And I'm fully aware of I feel of that this. yours have been selfish, but I am fine with it. <laughs> it's I what I expected that. from you. I'm fully aware of this. And I, I mean, I like try to pick something that I think maybe you guys might like too. 
but I also feel like, I mean, it's the, we just started the podcast. Yeah. They're getting to know us through these albums we pick right now. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we're, we're still getting to know us. That's right, listener. <laughs> um, as if there's people listening, right? But uh, the album I picked is uh, Dogman by the band King's X, which you guys have all been in, in a practice room with me in a band capacity right so you have definitely heard me say king's x many many times I, yes. I was just about to say that's the extent of my uh exposure <laughs> to this band is you keep saying king's x at us like we know that <laughs> no i don't i that's don't assume y'all i don't assume that y'all know who they are <laughs> but thanks everyone for listening to the club club podcast Um, Join us next week when we talk about Dog Band by King's X. Have a great week. Uh, Instagram handles, emails. Oh. (laughs) Oh, that was it. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. great. I say keep keep rolling. Just just say the Instagram handles. Just leave all this in. Yeah, so if you want to email us at clubclub at heartaudiocables.com If you want to order a cable from us you can't because we're sold out (laughs) If you want to see pictures of Zach's cat follow him at thecookiemonster258 If you want to see me and Patrick not post anything about our band follow us at I Wish I Could Skateboard And if you want to see some pictures of cables follow Art audio cables. Until next time. <laughs>